invite you now to join our conversation, an instrument of healing, as we share how each of us can grow through times of illness, grief, and loss. Our wish is through these words you will discover a healing community that promotes insight, reignites hope, and nurtures peace. Welcome. Today's podcast, we are talking about curing versus healing. This is Jeffrey Cloninger. I produce Conversations with Kelly in conjunction with the Kelly Grosslogs. Hi, Kelly. Hello. How are you doing today? I'm doing great. Are this you is cured? so exciting. Are you healed? What's the difference? I'm in the process of healing. Aren't we all? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. I know I am. Uh, I don't want to talk about it and nobody wants to hear about my <laughs> healing process today, but I think we do want to dive a little bit deeper into the topic because we hear a lot about it, especially with people who have experienced quite a bit of illness and they're always searching for that cure. I am so excited that we get to talk about this topic today because I think for the last 25 years, having worked in some form of healthcare, whether it be at an hospital or in private practice with people who are ill, I have witnessed so often that cure becomes the goal. Cure becomes the goal, not only on behalf of the patient, but on behalf of the healthcare team. And why wouldn't it be? We'd all want the cure. And we live in a society that is so exposed and wanting to win. That's right. And, and wanting to find the answer to all problems. So the, the, the thing I want to drive home today is that for many people I know listening to this podcast, they have an incurable disease, whether it be neurological, endocrine, metastatic cancer, whatever it may be that there, there currently is not a cure for. However, what I have learned and what is actually very exciting for me in working with people is there's still a lot of healing that can be done, which by the way, healing adds to quality of living. And so I think it's really important for those listening today that cure is off the table right now for certain um, diseases. I'll use cancer as an example a lot in these podcasts because that's a lot of my experience, but I I hope that people would apply it to things like diabetes, um, MS, whatever it may be, depression, anxiety, you know, some of these things that people can live a long life with and it, it, it can be more chronic. So for me, a simple definition, if you will, the difference between curing, which is what we do with disease, what we do on a physical level of the body. Healing taps into all things that are psychological, spiritual, emotional. Healing is available to everybody. And it sounds in some ways that if you could be cured, it's sort of a finite thing. You reach a goal, you reach an end that's positive. That's right. And in the case, I have diabetes. So I am going to talk about my curing versus healing, right? That is a disease, a chronic disease that's never going to go away. I have type 1 diabetes. And so for me, initially, the hope was, of course, is that we would find a cure. And I think there is still hope that someday we do find a cure. But but in the meantime, it feels like maybe I should spend a little bit more energy around what's the healing nature of my disease, knowing that I'm living with this. That's right. So the goal in healing is we want to look at how can we become whole, okay? And that is where I work with people on healing, is how do we become whole? How do we integrate 
this disease into our lives and become whole. So what are the things that people may be missing? What are the things people are missing in their lives right now? And that's what we go after because if it's they're estranged from a family member, they have hurt somebody long ago that they haven't apologized for, vice versa, they are trying to figure out their faith or their spiritual life. These are all things we really want to dive into and that which can make us whole. The fascinating thing for me as a practitioner that has worked with countless people who are dying and have been really at the bedside when they have two weeks left, two hours left, two minutes left, that healing can take place within those moments. And I, and I have seen it thousands of times. It's, it's just very profound. And I started noticing it when I worked in hospice, how people would come to me and you would think it's over and there's nothing left really that can be done. But the amount of healing that I saw at the end of life really made me start paying attention to this. Hmm. It sounds too like healing is bigger than the person who is seeking a cure. Itself, right? It, it's beyond just me and my example. It's beyond the person who's living with a cancer diagnosis. It involves everyone in their life. That's right. So healing can be done as a family. It can be done as a community. And I also think it's also, it, I believe it's very important to remember that they, they don't necessarily, it's not either or. And sometimes people go, with both they want to be cured and they have healing in their life to do. But truly for the purpose of this podcast, if you are living with something that cannot be cured or you have a relationship that is going to end and you won't be able to have it back, there's still healing that can be done in the context of those experiences. It's going to take some risk. It's going to take some vulnerability. It's going to take some courage to look at things in your life that are creating either sadness or anger or fear or obstacles to living the best life you can live. If you have 10 years left, 10 weeks left, 10 days left, what are the things that are gonna bring you the most joy in your life? Self-forgiveness, forgiveness of others, gratitude, Mm, gratitude. gratitude is a huge one and we'll be doing an actual entire podcast on gratitude but gratitude really is it's one of the most healing medicines that I have seen in this world where thanking your body thanking your own self for the hard work that you're doing every day Thanking the healthcare team, thanking the person at Walgreens or another pharmacy that is paying attention to you and answers all your questions. But the thing that I see people forget the most is thanking themselves. Mm. And a lot of healing can be done because people are often very critical of their bodies. They're very critical that they've gained weight on a certain medication, they look too thin, they look too frail. They, their hair is thinning, their whatever it is, but we forget to thank our bodies. 
So how can you thank yourself if you physically are failing mm -hmm. or feeling like you're failing? Right. You know, what is the self-talk? And I think we really have to examine that. What are you saying to yourself when you get up in the morning? How are you presenting yourself to others? How are you describing your day? Is it all the things you didn't get done? Or is it that one thing that you did? And I think that's the really important thing is to, if you have the strength to write down the things that you're grateful for to your body, you can actually say them out loud because when you say them, the subconscious will grab onto them. And it's an, it's an incredibly healing activity for people to do. And I suppose writing them out too is a physical act right. that programs your body. That's right. And so if you can't write, then you can record or have somebody write them for you, whatever it may be. But I think it's important to sit down and think about what did you and your body together do today that was something you can appreciate. Mm. It's, it's not unlike a person or a child that when we compliment them, they want to do it more. If we put people down, they shut down. And the, their motivation to keep going is, is basically zero. So feeding the body, thank you. Even when the body is letting us down, it's important to find that one thing or those two things or whatever it may be and thank your body. Do you think there are ways for people to do this who might feel, oh, I'm, I'm isolated. I, I don't know how to thank myself for for this right now, I, I have no one. Mm -hmm. Hopefully this podcast will give people some ideas. You know, you can, you can do this sitting on a bus. You can do this when you're laying in your bed. You can do this when you're receiving an infusion. It's, it's the mindfulness. It's the thanking. It's the, and, and truly, one of the greatest healing techniques that I have people do is look themselves in the mirror and say thank you. Should we grab the mirror? I think we should. We should. We should <laughs> grab the mirror. Um, is to say thank you and to say I love you to yourself. It's it's so profound. People will sometimes have a hard time actually doing it. At I first. remember doing this once at a retreat and I had a really hard time. I was looking in in fact when I work out, you know, gyms are full of mirrors, mm -hmm. right? I noticed recently I never look at my face. I never look at myself, like the eyes, mm -hmm. right? The pathway and, you know, yeah. the tractor beam to the soul, whatever. I can't do it. And mm. at that retreat, it was really, really difficult. But uh, the leader said, no, stay with me on this. And it was tough. But I stayed with it. And everybody in the group stayed with it. And there was this sort of peace that came over us. Once we got comfortable being a little bit uncomfortable. I'm so glad you brought that up because so much of this, what we're talking about is about practice. So you do it once and you don't feel any different or you do it once and you feel awkward. Do it two, three, four, five times and then thank yourself for trying it again. So I think that's another important thing is we don't need to have expectations that we're going to nail this or it's a magical cure because we try it. I think the important thing is to thank yourself for being brave enough to try it and not be attached to the outcome. It's going to be whatever it's going to be and it's going to be different for some people. 
but I think so gratitude I think forgiveness um, I, I also feel pretty strongly that people need to also take accountability and speak their voice um, so accountability for what they want in their lives and give themselves voice now that that is one of the neatest things I see people that they didn't have a voice their entire life I mean they have a voice but they didn't use it so they never stated what they wanted they never disagreed they never asked for anything they they just went along with it that doesn't work as well in illness or even grief and loss. You have to be able to state your needs and you have to be able to ask for what is in your best interest. That is healing. If you've never done that before and you advocate for yourself, that is healing. And if you don't know what healing is, you could simply ask to heal. That's right. So I want to just quick talk about an example because you had asked me before the show to, to bring an example of somebody I worked with that would exemplify maybe a little better what this is. So I worked with a, a wonderful woman for a long time um, in hospice and noticed that she did not have many visitors that came to see her. She told me she had three children, but three children never came to visit. So as time was getting towards the end, I will often ask people, you know, who they need to see, who they want to see. Is there something they want me to write down for someone? Whatever it may be, these end-of-life tasks, so to speak. She was very much grieving the fact that she had abandoned these children when they were younger, and she hadn't seen them for 15 years. So we somehow tracked the children down. And I'll make this very long story short if I can, but we somehow tracked the children down. They came in. And they came in together, and it was about five minutes of being awkward. And she was pretty weak, but, you know, connection and intimacy, it doesn't really matter whether somebody's weak or not. It just, it just happens. So they came in, and they, you know, they're 15 years older. So they're in their 20s. They're young adults. And they had this beautiful exchange after about two hours of, just kind of sitting and how are you? And they started doing this, I'm sorry and thank you and please forgive me and I love you. And for those listening, I would look up Hopoponopono and we'll have it listed on our on our site, um, the exact spelling and where you can find it. It's a, it's a beautiful Hawaiian ritual. It's a Hawaiian prayer, right? It's a Hawaiian prayer that is about making things right. So it, it's very good when we have resentment, um, anger, and truly it's about expressing love and gratitude. The really interesting thing is that after, so she had about two weeks left to live, and they came every day to see her, and what she got to do besides ask for forgiveness and apologize is say, I love you. And I think that's one of the greatest ways of healing is to connect with people and say, I love you. And she got to offer each one of them something that she wished for them 
from a mother's perspective. And beautiful. Now, it, it was it was so beautiful in the healing that happened. Unfortunately, these children lost their mother twice, but there was so much healing that happened and you know, we couldn't cure the situation. We couldn't go back and change it. We couldn't go back and make it different. But we could start from point A and be able to move through. So what happened? What were the kids saying? Essentially what they were saying was, I'm sorry, please forgive us, or please forgive me, thank you, and I love you. I think what's really important is to not get caught up in the whys of this, the W-H-Y-S of this. Because sure. some people would get caught up in why are these children apologizing to her? What they're apologizing for is any of the hurt she has felt from them being estranged. They're not apologizing because she left them. They obviously were not in the wrong, but they were apologizing for the pain that she has felt. And... One of the children in particular wanted to be forgiven for not reaching out to her um, because they had heard she was diagnosed with cancer five years prior to that and they wanted forgiveness for not reaching out to her. They wanted to thank her um, basically for giving them life and sometimes it can be very simplistic. And then they wanted to obviously express they loved her. They loved her. And even if they didn't love her before that moment, they felt love for her in that moment. Now, it's very important for people to realize this is not necessarily an easy thing to do. And it should not just be set on a whim. You have to really be grounded and rooted into this when you're ready. And this also isn't an exercise that allows the person that wronged you to do it again. It's about setting you free and making things right within yourself. And so it was, it was really very touching. And to think about how those kids now can go on with their life because of this opportunity for healing. What a gift. What are those mantras again? Can you say them for us? So it's, please forgive me. It's not necessarily in this order, but it's please forgive me. I'm sorry. Thank you. And I love you. And if you think about all of the problems in this lifetime, all four of those mantras have, a, have an amazing way of addressing, integrating, having people feel whole again, and healing. And you can say them in the presence of someone or alone. You can have the intention, it sounds like, of that issue or that relationship that you're working on, That's whether right. they're in your presence or not. That's right, because some people have to do this with people who are deceased or people that they can't track down. And so you absolutely can put it out there. You can write it. This was an incredible honor to witness it. And I also think she was able to have a more meaningful death because this happened. And so these children got to know their mom. They got to claim they had a mom. And they each got a piece of advice from her that will be her legacy that she can continue to live. So, you know, the, my only intention when I set this up was to fulfill her wish. I... I think it was very brave of those children to come. I think it was very brave of her to ask for them to come. And my only intention was that this would be given a shot. I had no expectation that it would turn out as beautiful as it turned out. But what healing does take also is for us to be open and to be not judgmental 
and attached to an outcome, we have to somewhat allow it. And they, they taught me a lot that day about being courageous and how four phrases can heal a lifetime of pain. Just a few words. Just a few phrases, just a few words. That's all it takes. Mm -hmm. When you do it with intention, um, some people want to just say it to say it, but you have to really be connected to the feeling of it. It's like doing an exercise. If you're not really focusing on the muscle, you're never going to build it. That's right. And there, there often are a lot of emotions and not to be scared of the grief, not to be scared of the anger that comes up, not to be scared of whatever it may be, but to really be present with this and be committed to it. It's a beautiful healing practice. Should we practice one more time? So it's please forgive me. I'm, I'm sorry. sorry. Thank, Thank you. you. And I love I you. Love you. And there was a good example of us not doing them in any particular order. Mm -hmm. Right. So we get caught up in the whys of it or in the structure formality of it. It's going to lose it. It's going to lose so it. I just lost it. So I need a little practice. <laughs> yeah, that's okay. I forgive you. <laughs> I'm sorry. And, <laughs> and I still love you. Thank you. Okay. Good. Thank you, Kelly. Thank you for listening to this CWK podcast. It's our hope that these words bring comfort, healing, and insight to your life, wherever you are and whatever you're experiencing. Please subscribe and share this episode. You can also follow and like Conversations with Kelly on Facebook. One quick note, we've done our best to share some ideas, tips, and techniques to help guide you. This podcast's content is not intended to be a substitute for or constitute professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. We encourage you to seek professional medical advice if needed. Thank you.